Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Welcome to the latest edition of the Pro Basketball Talk podcast here at NBC Sports. I am Kurt Heelan, the managing editor of Pro Basketball Talk, with you as always. And today, we are continuing through our prediction round. Today, not looking at awards, we're looking at where teams finish, who goes to the finals, all the fun stuff about the NBA season. And joining me for the first time on this podcast, the newest member of the NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk writing team, Dane Carbaugh. Dane, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. I'm ready to uh, talk some conference predictions. You, me, Dan from our site, pretty much every other prognosticator not named like Tommy Heinsohn, Cavaliers <laughs> and Warriors in the finals with probably the Warriors winning. It's hard to imagine another outcome if they stay healthy. Is that even good for the NBA? Is it good for the NBA? I mean, do you think he clearly saw a lot of frustration with some comments that Adam Silver made directly after that happened when he was asked about you know, the, yeah. the dealings for the new CBA. So do I think it's good for the NBA? I think it's it's hard to tell. I think realistically, statistically, you're looking at a team that could be an all-time great in the Golden State Warriors, right? And so yeah. does that draw more people to it? Do, do people really – Do I guess do we really think – that there is the possibility that the rabid tribalism that comes with being an NBA fan or a sports fan in this country makes it turn off your team if you think that there's just no chance for them to win. Because realistically, that's really where we stand on either side of the conference every single year, right? There's four teams that most people think are going to be possibly get to the finals, and the rest of the teams are happy that they made the second round, happy that they made the playoffs at all, and those fan bases aren't jonesing. So if you're a fan of the Hawks, you're not thinking – oh, man, I'm really bummed that Kevin Durant is playing for the Warriors because they're going to win it all. Did you think – those? I don't think those people think that the, the Hawks were gunning this season anyways. Those types of teams have to filter in and filter out of those top rungs. So overall, as a product, I'm not sure that I like the idea of teams being stacked with, I mean, four possible future Hall of Famers, uh, maybe more. But I'm not sure if it necessarily hurts – ratings, rankings, and obviously we're seeing since the, the new CBA is close to getting done because there's so much money, it's clearly not hurting the league financially. Not yet. No, and I, I look, I'm with you on this. If you think about it, when was the league the most popular? When did it get the highest ratings? When do people see it as its golden era? When Michael right. Jordan and the Bulls were the dominant team and there was no second. Like, you kind of hoped Utah would give them a challenge or for a while, you know, the uh, Cleveland was there. 
like you were hoping they get pushed, but nobody really thought they were going to get beat, and yet everybody tuned in. And the second golden age was, you know, the, the return of the NBA was Magic and Larry, and everybody was like, oh, I can't wait for the Celtics-Lakers finals again. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it hurts. Like you said, I don't think there's a lot of fans, like your neck of the woods. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you were in Portland for a long time. I don't think there's Blazers fans. There's some, but I think the majority of them still watch the finals, even though it's very unlikely Portland is in them. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I think you're right about that. If you, if you look at, if you just go on Basketball Reference and look at the list of NBA champions and, and look at them for the last 15 years, it's Lakers, Lakers, Spurs, Spurs, Lakers, Spurs, Heat, Heat. You know, it's it's like five teams yeah. uh, that really win the NBA championship. If you think about it in your, your conscious mind of the what you would call the, the modern NBA in terms of some of the rule changes, you know, basically since, I don't know, Chris Paul on, basically, yeah. I don't know, um, that have dominated the league does that stop has it stopped the league from growing over that course no i don't think so no i agree i don't i don't think it does and i also i think that some sports and and sports in general are better if you've got a target to aim at like mm-hmm. you look at the joe montana 49ers we don't look back at that era and say yeah that wasn't fun there wasn't the same parody in the nfl the nfl is the master of parody they're the master of of you know, giving teams like Rams fans hopes, despite the fact their offense could involve you and me at this point. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, they're really good at that. They're able to sell that. The NBA has always been more successful when it's got stars, and now you are most likely going to put your three biggest stars in Curry, Durant, and LeBron on the biggest stage. I mean, it, 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 Kyrie Irving will be there, and Kevin Love will be there, and these other names too, but you're putting massive stars on one big stage, and I think that that's... That's when the league thrives, but that also doesn't mean that there's not like other great stories out there. You know, we'll start out east. I think you, you, myself, and Dan. It's Boston and Toronto in some order, second and third. Most of us kind of like Boston in there. Just I think that this is a year that they kind of make that leap to knocking on Cleveland's door, if not there yet. Yeah, I think Brad Stevens really has it together. Adding Al Horford is a, such a huge bonus. They really, you know, in terms of what they had in the rotation last season. They really only lost to Evan Turner. I don't think that's really going to no. cause them to take, take that big of a hit. And this is the year that I think that Isaiah Thomas is definitely going to be an all-star. He was on uh, the ring last you know, last season. So I, I think that's it. You know, The Raptors obviously lost a couple of big pieces in Bismack Biombo. They have Demario Carroll back and healthy. But I, I think I've seen some stuff saying that you know he's not necessarily – he hasn't had the same efficiency impact, although in limited minutes and with some injuries – uh, in Toronto that he had in Atlanta. So, you know, but then I, but then the flip side is that I'm also taking, somehow I'm taking Toronto for the conference finals against the Cavs. So, yeah. I don't know. You you like their experience. They have, look, they have been there before. This will be, you know, another year in the playoffs for them where this, for Boston, organizationally, sure, Boston's historic, but for this group of Celtics, this is their, this is their first shot at it. This will be, Al Horford's been there but in a very, very different setting. Um, it's going to be a step forward for them. If they make it to the conference finals, I don't want to say they're going to get there and like, whew, we made it, we're done, we're good. But I think that that's kind of where it's at. If they make the conference finals, then this was a really good year in Boston. And it sets them up for what they really know they have to do, which is recruit one more star if they're going to, to really knock on the door. And that could get interesting, by the way, middle of the year. I mean, remember Isaiah Thomas is up... Um, I believe so. I'm going blank now. This uh, Joe, um, uh, Crowder's up. Jay Crowder's up at the end of this year. Mm. 
you're going to either have to pay those two guys a lot of money or move them for some pieces and be interesting to see how they handle the trade deadline. They, you know, Boston's been pretty active before, but Danny Ainge has always held out for the right deal. I don't, his standard might have to drop slightly now. We say that every year, and I don't know if that yeah. happens, right, <laughs> given his activity at the trade deadline or non-activity. Uh, you know, the thing I really do like about the Raptors, though, is just that they've kind of been that team sort of stuck in that uh, Clippers mode a little bit. where It's like, when are they going to push past? When are they yeah. finally going to make it? And they finally made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last season. And it feels like it's not only sometimes you see, I think, in small market teams, like you say, Atlanta, they kind of take a sigh of relief. Toronto, obviously, is a huge market. And but that's a team that's together. I really like Kyle Lowry. I like what they have in their coaching staff. So uh, that's why I still think, given their experience, it seems like that helped them. They finally sort of tamed that beast. And it would be a huge year for Brad Stevens to make it to the conference finals. Yeah. Um, but you're right, there still could be some movement at the, the, the deadline for them. But it's another piece to put in. Yeah, and by the way, I think people out here don't realize, if you're not in, Toronto's a major market city. I mean, this is a huge city with, I've started, I, we're starting to sound like a Donald Trump rally now. It's a huge city. But it is it is a massive fan base, and the fans there are really into this, particularly the last couple of years because, like, well, they got the Blue Jays, you know, deep into the playoffs this year. But the Maple Leafs are the heartbeat of that city, and they sucked. Absolutely. And they just have not been good. And so people have latched onto the Raptors. The Raptors have caught the casual fans' interest, plus there is a – Look, I think you see it now just in the draft the last few years when you've got the Wiggins of the world and uh, you know, multiple number ones, even, you know, okay, Bennett, but we'll, we'll let that go. But you're seeing quality players year after year come out of Canada. There is a depth of fandom there that wasn't there even, you know, 15 years ago that's, that's really embedded. And those people love the Raptors, absolutely love them. So it's going to be good for them. The rest of the East gets really interesting, though. Are you with me on this? Four through about 12 in the East are going to finish between 36 and 46 wins. And health and little things are going to be a big deciding factor determining somewhere are the Pacers a four seed where I have them or the eight seed or out. is all going to come down to just some little health things and, and not having slumps, basically. I agree. I agree. And I, I'm, I'm with you in terms of those numbers. And I'm with you in terms of those little things, because we see a, a, a dearth of talent on some of those teams in the East, like the Pacers. If you have them at four, then you're saying that Al Jefferson is Al Jefferson again. He plays the whole year. Yeah. He gives everybody 18 up and under fakes and he scores 18 points a game or 17 points a game. If, if he's out completely or if he's out for half the season. Where do you put the paces? Are they are they out entirely? Yeah. Is Paul George is Paul George going to have the same start to the year that he had last season, where he looks like the runaway MVP for the first thirty games? You know, who 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 knows how that team really works out, especially given that trade where George Hill is no longer there, and I'm not I'm not sure everybody's this season will definitely uh, be the litmus test to see if that trade was worth anything but i think most of us think that somehow both of those teams got better utah or sorry worse uh utah and indiana so you're right a lot of them are like that the same thing you know are the hornets able to continue to build like they've done for the last couple seasons even though they don't have al jefferson this time around of course they played a lot of them played all games without him but um are they able to not have him at all so there are, and you know, the Pistons, they have Reggie Jackson, who's injured for a little bit, but it's like, ooh, I really like Stan Van in the East. I really yeah. like how that team's coming together. There's a lot of question marks and those little things or those those big time players missing games. That's really, that really is going to be the deciding factor of where they end up. It's it's kind of a, 
a crapshoot at this point in time. Yeah, you had the Hornets four. I think the Jer- you know more than um, more than Jefferson. I think Jeremy Lin as the backup point guard change of pace for them. You know, he goes to Brooklyn where he's going to. He's a smart fantasy team pickup if you're out there. Like he's going to put up some numbers because somebody's got to in Brooklyn. Frankly, somebody's going to score, and and he will do it not terribly efficiently, but he'll put up points for you. Um, I, I think he's actually going to have a really nice season, but I think the Hornets missed that. But again, you know, Clifford's going to have them playing defense night in and night out. If they can keep, you know, just stay healthy. That's another team where they really suffered injuries on the wing last year. If they can keep their guys fresh, they could be a four seed. They could be, you know, you have the Bulls five, which is higher than I had them. I had them eight, but I'll tell you the other team you and I have dropping, you have the Hawks eighth. I have them out of the playoffs entirely. I think they take a step back, and it's not Budenholzer. It's mm-hmm. Budenholzer's system involves sharing the ball, moving. Well, they're going to miss Horford. Howard has got to prove to me that he's not going to demand 12 touches in the post and just beat the ball into the ground. And the other problem there is Teague was a great fit in that system, and I'm not completely sold yet that Dennis Schroeder, who I think will be a good point guard, but he pounds the ball a lot. He just kind of mm-hmm. dribbles it out and... I just think that they're going to take a step back in style that was part of what made them successful. Well, it'll really be a coach for uh, a test for Coach Bud to try to adapt it yeah. the way that we've seen. Let's say Terry Stotts over here in Portland, yeah. having to adapt the whole system with no longer having Lamarcus Aldridge in it, which he did very well. And obviously, Coach Bud, part of that Spurs coaching tree, should be uh, hopefully able to adapt. But you're right because you know Dwight Howard complained when he was leaving Houston that he didn't get enough touches. Guess what? He got the most amount of post touches in the NBA last year. He got the most average touches. And they're also and already already talking in Atlanta about giving him more touches in the post. It's like, what? Okay, well then, we just resigned Paul Millsap. How is he going to get the ball? How is he going to do yeah. what he needs to do in that system? And he's a kind of he's the kind of player who works perfectly in that sharing system. Um, as a screener and as a cutter and as a, a post-up guy, how is he ever going to do what he's going to do if you have, yeah, you're right, shooter pounding the ball and then Dwight Howard asking for it 12 times a game? I, I'm not sure. So that's that's why I had the Hawks at eight. I think talent-wise, it feels like I, they have the they have the most a lot of talent for the Eastern Conference in terms of some key positions, and they have a good coach. So I didn't drop them out entirely. Bulls are only where they're at for me at five because of their talent, yeah. and that's if that doesn't implode in oh, let's say, two weeks. So, Dane, we're going to take a break from talking basketball for a second to talk socks and underwear, which, again, it sounds a little strange, but we've done it before on this podcast, uh, talking a little bit about Mac Weldon, who make... Look, I wear their underwear now. I, it's my favorite stuff. I wear their socks, but that's not even what I want to talk to you about today. You know, it's starting to get cold. It's starting to become fall. I mean, well, okay, I live in Southern California. It rained... F- for like five minutes and it got down into the 60s. So, you know, fall is here. It's getting cold. It's getting like winter. Mack Weldon actually has like some of the most comfortable. I got one of their hoodies. It is amazing. It is so comfortable. They also have sweatpants that I got that are fantastic. So their stuff is really amazingly comfortable. And the best part is it's just so easy to order. You just go online to MacWeldon.com, place your order. It shows up at your house. It's just like buying anything off of Amazon. And if you use the promo code PROTALK, from here at NBC Sports, you get 20% off. Pro Talk, you get 20% off your order. Look, you're going to love it. Your girlfriend or wife is going to love it. Trust me on that. Look, I don't think about underwear much. I don't think about my undergarments much. Most guys don't. We haven't thought about it in forever, but they've thought about it at Mack Weldon. They have put this together. It is, again, it's so easy to order. 
The stuff is fantastic. It's comfortable. It's stylish. You can get just about anything you want. And seriously, check out the hoodies. I mean, okay, technically I'm a blogger, and so I, you know, I might as well just live in my mom's basement. And and a hoodie is, I guess, a mandatory part of my like hoodie and sweats is just like the mandatory. I must wear them uniform for a blogger. These are some of the most comfortable ones I've ever owned. They are phenomenal. Go to MacWeldon.com. Use the promo code PROTALK. Save yourself 20%, but go there and check this stuff out. It's fantastic. So, All right, let's get back to talking about some basketball. There's so many variables. How does Detroit look? I mean, I, I was going to have them four. I dropped them to five. How, what do they look like without Reggie Jackson for a while? And then there's, look, let's go to New York. Let's talk about the Knicks for a second. We both have them out of the playoffs, but if you tell me right now that Noah... Rose and Carmelo Anthony play 70 games together as starters. I bump them up into it. I think that that, like, I'm just not convinced they're going to be healthy. I think we might underestimate how good Porzingis is going to be this year. I think they are potentially a playoff team. They're just kind of in that mix, and they didn't make the cut for me because I don't completely buy in yet, and I'm not quite sure what their offense is going to look like. But they're one of those teams along with, like, the Bucks, who could just, hey, they could get to 46 wins, and I'd be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, the the big X factor there is not only Noah's ability to stay on the floor, but the continued progression of Derrick Rose. We saw him in the first half of the season before the All-Star break just look absolutely terrible in terms of finishing at the rim. He was yeah. awful. And I, I, I did a, a video breakdown. I watched every single shot attempt inside of six feet that he took last season. And he really turned it around after the All-Star break in terms of where he was stepping, whether he was extending with his arms or going in with his body, he went in more with his body at the last half of the year. Which is what so he did back in the day, by the way, when he was playing right. well. That's, yeah. that's, 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 what, that's how he used to play. So if he's able to remember what he was doing and it gets more confident, I think maybe a confidence issue with his legs was the issue. I'm not really sure. He was battling through uh, with back injuries at the, that time last season. Um, but, yeah, so if he's able to play and you have that offensive firepower with uh, KP, Mello, um, you know, Noah obviously passing from the high post is really good for that system. And Rose, yeah, that's great, especially since you have the, the Rose and Noah connection. But uh, you're right, if, if they don't see the floor enough, that's that's a, a big swing. And that's exactly what we're talking about, those big swings. Yeah, and the other thing is, Hornacek really obvi- is, you know, another guy who's coming in there, hey, we're going to move the ball, we're going to get that thing flying around. Uh, the preseason I've watched, and I'm going to be, hey, small sample size, A, it's preseason, B, it's a small sample size theater here. God, the ball stopped a lot, <laughs> especially with Carmelo. It just thunk, and it was it was the same old Knicks. And if they get into isolation basketball, they're going to be in trouble. And too many other guys kind of want to play that way. So we'll see. Maybe they can take a step forward. Just like you know, I mentioned the Bucks. If if Matthew Dellavedova wins Most Improved Player this year because of his phenomenal point guard play, they're in. Uh, or sure. or or Giannis, um, <laughs> which is probably a little more likely, but. That's a team with long defenders that gets really interesting, and I think they're going to miss. I I would have had them in until the Middleton injury. I think that yep. that he was the glue that makes their kind of funky lineups work, and I like I like the Tony Snell pickup for them more than most, but he's not Chris Middleton. Right, and I think the the question I have for the Bucks actually surprisingly is even though they're, they're all of their players are emerging on offense is their their defense yeah. they had a year under jason kidd in his second year i believe where they were a top 10 defensive team in terms of efficiency and they took a step back last season and if, if they can't get back on track for that I, i'm not really sure 
how they're going to be able to stop teams with one or two good scores, uh, coach with a good system, and some of the things they're going to face night in and night out in the Eastern Conference. Exactly. I And it all still, though, comes back to when we're talking about these. This is, I think it's going to be, I think, like I said, I think four through six is going to be interesting. How far Boston gets is, is a really good question in relation to Toronto, which will have another good season. And at the end of the day, I think Toronto and or Boston could come within a game or two, maybe on a good year even pass Cleveland during the regular season, depending on how big their championship hangover is. But I can't see it mattering during the playoffs if Cleveland bring, like if Cleveland's healthy and LeBron is not going to let them be unfocused. The guy's gone to six straight finals for a reason. Like They're just going to be too good. And it's I think the regular season's going to be fascinating, but at the end of the day, there is a real talent gap between one and two in the, in the East. Well, uh, the things you notice about that in terms of what you said for the uh, you know the championship hangover is we're almost seeing talks about that on the other side with the Warriors saying they're not going to try to win seventy three games again. They're not going to try to win seventy four games. You know they're going to take a step back, even though they somehow got better over the off season because they want to save themselves. What really matters is the playoffs. How much can the Cavs do that? Because they have at least two teams who are going to be pressuring up their backside. It's not the Warriors, even if they take you know their foot off the gas responsibly you could say that they, they have a gap between the Clippers and the Spurs and the Thunder who are you know projected to be sort of right underneath of them they don't have as much pressure in the Western Conference but the Cavaliers absolutely do and so I think you're right it's, it's totally possible I would say it would only happen before January 20th 25th something like yeah, that where one right, of those teams would overtake them and then once we hit February they'd, they'd, they'd be past them yeah. but uh, yeah you're right that could definitely happen that'd be weird yeah I think Cleveland post all-star break is going to be a little different and a little more focused. They'll come back and they'll start trying to get into a groove that they may not have earlier, and, and we'll see how that goes. But thank you for that professional and smooth transition to the Western Conference. That was that was a, you know, that's why we're going to have you on this thing. That was that was yeah. slick, man. And it, listeners didn't even notice till I brought it up. So yeah, <laughs> and, and really ruined that whole smooth transition. It, out west, I I do think though, come the playoffs. The margin for error for Golden State is a little bit less in that San Antonio is going to be good, and I think the Clippers, look, I think it's easy to sit here and pick apart the flaws in the Clippers. They're probably going to start Allen Anderson at the three. We can start there. Like It's going to have its flaws, but come the playoffs, that's still a really good team when they can tighten those rotations and keep those stars out longer and and put in, you know, look, Blake Griffin has done the LeBron thing the last couple of years where he's, well, last year he was obviously out much of the year, but two years ago, dialed it back during the regular season, really cranked it up in the playoffs. If, I think that they could get the Spurs, I think they could get to the conference finals, and I think they think, I don't think they think, I know they think, they're a matchup problem for the Spurs because of that, not Spurs, I'm sorry, for the Warriors, because of the big front line, because of Griffin, because of of DeAndre Jordan and the athleticism those two provide, they think they can be a problem for the Warriors. I can also tell you that the Warriors, Warriors firmly believe the Clippers have zero chance against them and they will get destroyed. Like They, they, they actually <laughs> relish beating the Clippers more than just about any team. Yeah, it's weird how uh, a couple of players who we think, I mean, honestly, as complete winners, are kind of uh, pitched as the sad sacks against a team like the Warriors and even in some of their, their historical you know losses throughout the playoffs to the Clippers and the Spurs. Uh, sorry, in... Uh, by the Clippers to the Spurs and the Grizzlies. Yeah. But in any case, 
Uh, the, the question for me about the Warriors in terms of that matchup issue is now they don't have Bogut, who, yeah. you know, even though he had been out in due to injury a couple times in the last couple seasons, including in the playoffs, uh, he is such a crucial part of how that defense works, how it gets pulled on a string. And you're right. If you're not able to defend some of the things, I mean, some of the high-low action by the Clippers is so good yeah. to, just to mix in with all of the, the shooting and uh, the pick-and-roll work. I, I do think the Clippers are, if they're healthy, and that's the huge caveat, the Clippers are definitely my pick to finish uh, over the Spurs this season. I did pick them to finish there. Um, but, again, health is always going to be the issue. So, Yeah, I had the Clippers. You know what I, I had was the Spurs second in the regular season, but the Clippers making the mm-hmm. conference finals. And that just ah. comes back to I, the Spurs are just relentless during the regular season. Just you know, they, They're going to bring some guy off the bench you don't know, and he's just going to be spectacular. And they're just going to do it in that system <laughs> night in and night yeah. out. And you know, slow he, he's, Slow-mo's going to look great, and it's just going to be ridiculous. But in the playoffs, I think you can get them. I think, especially if you're athletic, you can give them a lot of troubles. And the Clippers are certainly athletic. Yeah, that's true. And they're even though they're, um, you know, that bench isn't necessarily younger than, say, if they're going up against the Spurs, they are more experienced because yeah. the Spurs have less experience on their bench now than they've had before. And in the regular season, they are more athletic. Their starting line is more athletic. Yeah. So the, the Spurs, to me, are really – I did pick them to go to the conference finals. I flipped it. So I had them finishing third, but I had them doing what yeah. uh, the Raptors – I picked the, the conferences the same way. I have them somehow finishing out over the Clippers. Um, but that's just due to – I don't have any reason – for, I mean, my waking life for paying attention to basketball, I don't have any reason to not pick the Spurs until they'd force me to. So Yeah, exactly. We've all picked against the Spurs and all learned the lesson, and now nobody <laughs> will do it. Um, but I think that Golden State, you know, look, they're still Golden State. I still think they're the team to beat. And I, I loved, uh, if you haven't read, go to, I rarely like to pimp other people's work, but Bleacher Report has a great piece by the fantastic Howard Beck on how other teams are going to attack or try to attack the, the 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 Warriors lineup. And Doc Rivers had, I think, the most insightful thing. He goes, I don't know how much better they're going to be for the first 45 minutes of the game, but they're going to be a lot better in the last three. And that's yeah. really a dangerous thing because the pattern before, what you want to do with people was, and you saw it in the finals, LeBron James covered Draymond Green when they went small. They put Tristan Thompson on, on um, Harrison Barnes. And Barnes couldn't make him pay. Barnes is ice cold. Well, Barnes is out. Now that's, you know, and whichever, however you're going to match up, Barnes is out. That's now Kevin Durant. Probably can't leave Kevin Durant. <laughs> Probably don't want to leave him. Not. And so now, if you're going to, if whatever you're going to do, the, any help you have pretty much has to come off of Andre Iguodala. If you're going to trap or do stuff, you've got to either trap, you, either you're going to have to trust Green's not going to play well which he really does. He's a really nice second playmaker here if you give him space. You're going to have to help off Iguodala, who can shoot the ball, but more importantly, he's just too smart. He's, if, if you get him the ball and help off him, he's going to drive right to the basket and make yeah. you make the stop. And it just, that, you know, the, the new, what we're calling, what, Death Star lineup or whatever we're going to end up calling it. Death lineup, yeah, it, sure. Well, the Death lineup, I think, has evolved to the Death Star lineup. Oh, no. it's the Death Star? That's the new one. The new yes. one is the Death Star lineup. I yeah. haven't heard that. And Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and I just, as much as I'd like to think that there's somebody out there that can, you know, fire a missile down an exhaust tube and blow that thing up, 
just for the sake of competition, I think most of the NBA is going to end up like Alderaan. When, when they, sure. it's just, if that lineup gets going, there isn't a good option to defend it. And I think they will figure it out. That said, the, the West still has really good teams that can push them. And this is another case where Portland is a good team, but if they take a little step back, there's a, not a ton of margin for error in the West because there are, again, a lot of good teams. I have Utah fourth. You like the Thunder fourth. Obviously, you know, they're not going to have Durant, but that's still going to be a good team. Houston's another team. They're going to put up ridiculous points, and they're going to be as good as they defend. But they, if they can get their defense up to average, they're the four seed, or or even a little, you know, maybe even a little off of that. They could be the four seed because they're going to have a top two, top three offense. You know, don't count out Dallas. Don't count out a bunch of teams. It's another team, another kind of where even somebody like Sacramento, if everything breaks right for Sacramento, they could theoretically get in. Sure. Yeah, I don't think that's insane. Give, but you'd have to smooth out the last four years of weird character issues and oh, coaching yeah, no. issues. And and yeah, I I totally agree with you. It's a, a lot of teams. I think the the Warriors and the Blazers have this sort of interesting um, parallel between them because they both have to do the same thing. And we've seen it. Uh, the Warriors go one way in the preseason. The Blazers go another way in the preseason. And that's that. They both on paper have to figure out. You know, people think you can just plug stars in and it and it isn't hard or isn't complicated and the warriors are doing that in terms of we have to get ready how much they they're planning how much they rest over the course of the season versus how much they have to make sure that this new offense with one of the greatest scores in nba history is actually acclimated and ready to go for the playoffs and the blazers are doing that um, but they have obviously not as good players to plug into a complicated system so uh it's interesting because those Two teams haven't done the same thing. The Blazers have struggled a little bit with their offense. Warriors are just mowing people down. Um, so maybe they'll be fine. And and that, that middle is so tough because everybody's all on the Jazz this season. Yeah. And I have I have a little bit of a hard time, which I mean I have I have great respect for Gobert and um, you know, Burke and all the guys that are playing there, but now you don't have Gordon Hayward for a couple weeks at least into the regular season, right? Maybe four three or four. Yeah. Um they have a, a, a contract situation with favors. They, they'll probably get ironed out. But if that changes for some reason, um, and it's tough. And they've sort of been that team of destiny for too long. So kind of the opposite of the Spurs, where it's like, until they give me a reason to pick them, I'm not going to pick them. And you're right. In Houston, that's going to be super interesting. James Harden, my pick for MVP, just because he has nothing in his way and one of the greatest you know, offensive coaching minds of the last few decades of Mike D'Antoni. He and, and people really underestimate how good of a passer he is. He might average a double double this season, and that's that's not even. I don't even know if that's a stretch to say that. No, I don't think so at all. I, I, he is going to put up fantastic numbers this season. That and we, you know, we talked about this in the in the last podcast about you know MVP. Harden and Westbrook are going to put up ridiculous numbers, and the only thing holding them back from winning that award is it just tends to go to guys on teams that win a lot. If they win right. 42 or 43 games, that might not be good enough to get them the award. That's up for, you know, that's a, that's a different discussion. But I think Houston is, if like I said, if they defend, and they're going to ask the world of Clint Capella. Basically, just, you've got to <laughs> clean all this up. <laughs> um, but I, that's a dangerous team. I'm higher on Utah just because of the defense. I, I think that if they really do have the best or a top three defense, that will get them into the playoffs with enough offense, um, especially since, look, George Hill is a great addition. I think that the people sleep on how good George Hill is. 
um, as a just guy, kind of guy who can do everything for them and guide the offense. And then smart bench pickups. You know, Boris Diaw looked great in the preseason doing Boris Diaw things within their system and just kind of whipping the ball around. And he doesn't have to run a ton, so he's happy. Um, Joe Johnson's going to get them some buckets. They're just they brought in some guys who can help them and give them some depth. So I think they survived the Hayward, you know, early season absence enough to get into the playoffs. But the margin for error again, once you get from past, I think those top three, you know, four through ten, four through eleven in the West, isn't that great? It, it isn't. You can't have a bit another big injury or sustained slump, or you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, agreed. And I the. Um... The, the thing about that with, especially if you're the Thunder or the Rockets and any of your supporting players get injured, I mean, much less that your your top, your, your one, yeah. your alpha dog in Westbrook or Harden gets hurt. But if, you know, if Steven Adams is gone for 40 games, I don't know if, if the Thunder yeah. even make the playoffs, even with Victor Oladipo, Oladipo out, uh, you know, having, having the season he's supposed to have, you know, so. No, they actually, I, I'll tell you, that's a guy who's going to get paid in Steven Adams. And it's an interesting contract. Because um, he's up for an extension too, is he going to take less, or is he going to bet on himself that he's going to have a monster year, enter restricted free agency, and really get paid? So there's a few of those guys out there right now where, you know, how much are you willing to bet on yourself versus how much are you willing to take a little bit less for some safety and security now um, on that extension? Are you willing to take a few million less just to kind of? know you've got it done, and play in a place you like, which Stephen Adams does like playing in uh, Oklahoma City. And, re- and really hitch yourself to West Russell Westbrook. That's not a bad player to say. No. I- I'm cool with being stuck to him for four or five more years. Yeah, exactly. That's It's, it's not the worst thing, and uh, that's actually, and that, I think that would help. Uh, Adams sets a mean pick. Adams sets, you know, that is a big boy pick he sets. And, it, you know, you, that's an advantage for someone with Westbrook's explosiveness, because he only needs that sliver of space, and the and Adams is up there with the handful of guys. You know, I actually just being out in LA, I watched more of this summer, this uh, you know preseason. Mozgov has plenty of flaws, but that guy's a wall of a set. Mm-hmm. What he sets, what he sets a pick. And Russell started to figure out how to use it a little better. But the Lakers, sorry guys, we're talking about teams that are going to make the playoffs. That's not happening. <laughs> they are, they are, they are not one of the teams in the West that will be fighting. I don't have Phoenix there either. I just I think there's a couple teams that are, are well below that, but I think that there are teams like I mentioned Sacramento. I, I, to me, that's a team I would new building. They're gonna keep they're gonna keep Demarcus this season because they're trying to turn that corner and show we can fit. They, they will move Rudy Gay. There will be some other changes there, but at the end of the day, I just don't know if it's gonna be enough. Especially, I just this is a team without much margin for error, and they're gonna lose their Collison for the first eight games, and unless. Unless the Ty Lawson of old shows up, which I'm not betting on, I, I just that's like a big setback against actually a pretty tough opening schedule because they're on the road a lot in their home games. They wanted to open the new building with a bang, so they get the Spurs. Well, that, good sure. luck. <laughs> well, the continued emergence of Willie Colley Stein should be interesting in terms of how their defense, if you can continue yeah. to maybe supplant some of the plays that. Boogie decides to take off on that end of the floor. Same thing, you know, Collison actually is a, is a good defender at that, that guard spot, too. I would be interested, how much do you think the um, the playoff position of the Kings or potential playoff position of the Kings rests on what they get back for Rudy Gay? I think a lot in, in some ways. They've got to fill some gaps. They've got to find, 
more help on the wing. They don't trust McLemore completely. They need a little little more consistency and, frankly, shooting and spacing. If you're going to have DeMarcus running pick and pop or working from the elbow, you've still got to just have guys better shooting around him to space the floor. And by the way, that's not Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay is a mid-range guy and a slasher who wants the ball in his hands, and that's not the best fit. Um, Rondo, by the way, was it was the problem with the Rondo fit. As much as they got along great in the locker room, that's just not going to provide the spacing they need. If they could actually get back shooting in that deal, then more power to them. I just don't know how much... I don't know how much they can really get for the Rudy Gay rental. And like I said, we're talking about them. I think for Sacramento to make the playoffs, it has to be one of those years where pretty much everything goes perfectly for them to have a chance. Um, They have to stay healthy. Cousins has to have just... Bellinelli has to be the player they want him to be, which is not Yeah, exactly. Just up and down the list. And I just... I'm not willing to make that bet. I, I don't. We. I don't have them in. But I think that there are teams like that in both conferences where you could say, "Hey, I really." Dallas is one of those teams that's going to be on the bubble. It's hard to pick against them though, because you know you're going to have Dirk, and I think Barnes gets more comfortable as the season goes on, or at least they hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I I picked them to be eight again, sort of by default, sort of just because. I can't pick against Rick Carlisle. I can't pick against Dirk, who's still putting up great numbers. I can't pick against all of the weird combinations of J.J. Barea pick and rolls and what Harrison Barnes may or may not be able to do You know, in, in that system. I, I just can't do that quite yet. And again, the, and the teams below them in the Western Conference, the Lakers, the Kings, I'm not really sure if they have better alternatives to the positives I just listed for the Mavericks. And so I, yeah. I put them in at eight. Yeah, I know. I think that that is a completely reasonable. Yeah, I I had them just out, but again, it you could go either way with that. I think that there's a again a real a real logjam once you get past uh, the top three in the West, and like you said, somebody like Utah that I like at four could easily be out if Hayward injury lasts a little longer and some of this stuff doesn't go as smoothly as as I kind of think it will, or their defense isn't quite as locked down as as I expect, or even if it takes half a season to get there. That might be too late for them. So they, they, there's not just not the ton of margin for error on this, and I think that that's the where we end up with both conferences, isn't it, Dane? The storyline. There's really great storylines as you go down the lineup, but at the end of the day, we're still looking at Cleveland and Golden State in the finals. Yeah, absolutely, and it's I. I don't think it's any reason to uh, not pay attention. I think having something like let's say the Jazz do rock it up and they end up taking the fourth or third spot in the Western Conference. Uh, how long have we been waiting for that to happen? That's yeah. a great story. How long have we been waiting for the Celtics to sit there and not trade anything and gather assets, and all of a sudden they're the number two team in the conference and they're taking Cleveland to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals? Those are great storylines that we should be happy to see. Yeah, and the other team we didn't even get to is the, the other team on the bubble that I. Th- some people think you're in is Minnesota. Neither of us picked them out west, but they are going to be fun to watch. That is a oh, yeah. that is the team on the rise that they may not make the. We didn't have them in the playoffs this year. I wouldn't be shocked if they slid in at the eight, but mm-hmm. they're in next year and in a couple years. Watch out! I mean, that team is just coming together, and that that Thibodeau guy has done a pretty good job coaching in the past. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he seems uh, he seems like he's definitely some uh, uh, Timberwolves writer mentioned on Twitter the other day. Huh, Thibodeau? This guy seems a lot more active than Timberwolves coaches of uh, years past. <laughs> yeah. that, that's true. Yes. He, uh, and, and obviously over there, as much as we think that Carl Anthony Towns uh, is on the cusp or maybe already is a star, that team's whole development this season is really going to be about 
and Riggins taking that biggest step. And I just picked them to be out of it just because of sort of, again, they're, they are, they're maybe the jazz of, of a, a year ago where yeah. they seem poised and they're young and they're, they're ready to hop into it and maybe they just miss it. I would agree, and I think that the other question there is, how does Chris Dunn evolve? Do they move Rubio? I Look, I don't think they move Rubio in the short term. I, th- I honestly think Thibodeau's going to love Rubio because he plays yeah. great defense. But at some point, does can Dunn take that job and, and allow them to move Rubio and get another piece that they need? How does some of that depth come along, you know, Levine and stuff? that? Look, Zach Levine's come along farther than I ever thought he would. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't think he would be the player he started to become. I mean, he's always had this athletic skill. I just didn't think he was going to put it together or at least put it together as quickly as he has. So more power to them. They're, they're at the top of the league pass watch list. I just don't know if they can make the playoffs. But that's back to our point. It's like it's, there's just great stories and going to be great games for us to watch uh, starting tomorrow night when the Cleveland Cavaliers will raise the banner, then pretty much smash the Knicks would be my, would be my <laughs> guess. I think they will celebrate – all over the Knicks. Um, but we'll see. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Derek Rose has... Uh, maybe he's figured out after watching your videos what, what he needs to do. Um, <laughs> or, that or he's just going to take out the rage from the trial on on all of Cleveland. So, Which is a whole other thing with the Knicks and, and how much that is or is not a distraction for them as it moves forward. Because that trial, even though he was acquitted, um, to call it messy would, would be an understatement. So... Uh, and there might be tabloid media in New York that would want to take advantage of that and pump it up. I don't know. It's possible that there are some headline seekers seeking publications in New York. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. So, Dane, thanks for doing this. Uh, we will have you back on a bunch during the season, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Look, you can find us on iTunes, as always. Go there. Subscribe. You'll get us throughout the season. We'll be back later this week and throughout the season with, you know, player interviews, coach interviews, lots of media interviews and everything else we can get uh, just to keep you up to date on everything going around around the NBA this season. And uh, I, I can't tip my hand as to when, but we have some great stuff coming up. Um, I don't want to commit myself to the dates yet, but th- there are some really great interviews coming up uh, on this podcast. You can also, of course, find us on Stitcher, which is a great app for your phone to keep all your podcasts kind of organized and find ones you really like. Uh, Google Play, we're there. And of course, if you go to Audio Boom. You can find us there as well as the homepage for an archive of all our stuff. All the other NBA, NBC, I should say, podcasts are there as well. You can find all the NBC podcasts on Audio Boom and, of course, on NBCSports.com where you can get the latest NBA news plus our podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. 
Paramount Plus, Essential Plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.